0: I went out on the California Trail of the Mormon Battalion. We went out on the Imperial Desert and came across the Mormon Battalion's trail all the way into Mission San Luis Rey. Now, it took us an entire day to cover that part of the trail, and with the help and teaching of Greg Christopherson and others, we had a wonderful experience. It was a powerful day as I saw where the battalion marched in 1846 and 47, and I learned a little of what they endured on that very powerful march. There were places where I could almost see them plodding across that barren desert landscape in exhaustion, dehydration, struggling to put one foot in front of the other. They had no idea at the time what was waiting for them in California. But obedient to the counsel of prophets of God, they had volunteered and joined the United States Army. They left their families behind at the prophet's call and began one of the longest infantry marches in U.S. military history. Those men and women made history that today has largely been forgotten or ignored by many of us, unless you have descend- you're a descendant of a battalion soldier. Well, that's what I learned. That's what was renewed for me. Now, the following morning, I went out for a run along the beach about sunrise, not too far to the south, where the battalion marched on to San Diego. As I ran, Along the beach, I reflected on the battalion's incredible sacrifice and contribution.
1: I'd run several miles and then stop. I noticed a rather ordinary looking bird
0: about the size of a crow was on the beach with me. His most unusual feature was a very long bill that was dark tipped. What caught my attention was the way this bird was marching down the beach where I was, right there at the waterline, right where the waves come in, and as that bird was walking along the beach, it would thrust its bill into the wet sand. Most of the time, not very deep, but then suddenly it would stop and thrust the entire bill down into the sand, sometimes all the way up to its eyes, It would probe and poke and then come
1: up and swallow. The the bird was feeding. Well, there was something, some kind of groceries
0: buried in that sand, even though I didn't know what it was. Well, I was so fascinated by this bird and its mannerisms that I stopped running and walked along the beach in tandem with the bird, watching its feeding behavior. Now, as near as I could tell, He had no idea where food was buried in the featureless sand, but he never stopped walking and never stopped probing. I kept watching and learning until somebody's dog came running down the beach and ended my fun. Well, I ran on home, still thinking about the battalion, but this odd bird kept intruding into my thoughts. Finally, I. (laughs) I stopped my research, and I looked him up. What I learned about that bird surprised me. The bird is about the size of a crow, and it's called a
1: bar-tailed godwit. It has been called the jet fighter of birds. Whoa, that got my attention. This
0: very ordinary-looking bird on the beach at San Diego, California, holds the world record for the longest and fastest nonstop bird flight. On September sixteenth, 2020, a tagged male godwit left southwest Alaska and flew nonstop to Auckland, New Zealand, arriving 11 days later, a distance of 7,500 miles. Continued looking. Dr. Jesse Conklin, a scientist studying the birds, said, quote, They seem to have some capability of knowing where they are on the globe. We can't really explain it, but they seem to have an onboard map. They're flying out over open ocean for days and days in the mid Pacific. There's no land at all. Then they get to New Caledonia and Papua New Guinea where there are quite a few islands, and we might be, he said, anthropomorphizing it, but it really looks like they start spotting land and sort of think, oh, I need to start veering or I'll miss New Zealand. It's not certain, he said, but it is believed the birds do not sleep on the journey, during which they flap their wings most of the time. They have an incredibly efficient fuel-to-energy rate. They have a lot of things going for them. They are designed, he said, like a jet fighter long, pointed wings and a really sleek design, which gives them a lot of aerodynamic potential.
1: End of quote. 7,500 miles nonstop in 11 days. I'd say that's pretty efficient. Well, I could not help seeing the similarities between the Mormon battalion and the bird. Both made an incredible journey of endurance and faith. Both made history. And both appeared so ordinary that no one noticed the great thing that they had done and the power behind them. The power behind them, both of them, the bird and the battalion was that of Almighty God, whose
0: mysterious purposes are fulfilled in all His creations,
1: and we mere mortals so little understand how. My point? If you've never studied the story of the Mormon battalion, do it now, especially if you live in the American West, because they changed the shape. Of the American West. In 1838,
0: Drusilla Hendricks and her family were living in happy times among the Saints in Missouri. They had their own land, home, and farm. Then trouble began. At the Battle of Crooked River, Drusilla's husband,
1: James Hendricks, was shot and paralyzed from the neck down. Shortly after, the mob returned to kill him. But Drusilla refused to leave his bedside. They ordered her away, and she said they would have to kill her first. They left. When the saints were driven out of Missouri, Drusilla
0: sold the family land for enough money to buy oxen to pull a small wagon. And she then set out for Illinois, Nauvoo, in the cold of early March. When she finally did settle in Nauvoo, friends built a log cabin for her, which she then chinked and plastered herself. To make ends meet, Drusilla, with a family of seven to care for, began raising a large garden, taking in borders, and selling homemade gingerbread and mittens. Then, in the winter of 1846, Drusilla again loaded up her family and with the rest of the saints crossed the mississippi river and headed for a new home somewhere over the rocky mountains while she and the other saints were camped near the missouri river in july of 1846 captain james allen of the united states army came asking for volunteers for the war with mexico the saints were in first insulted at the very idea the government that had allowed the deaths of Joseph and Hiram, driven the saints out of the United States, now wanted 500 of their best men
1: for their army. It seemed, at best, a cruel request. But then, President Young
0: went among the saints and asked them to join the army, that this would be for the salvation of the church, and men turned out to enlist Priscilla could not bear it. For seven years, her son William had been her greatest help. Now, how could she give him up? How would she survive a 1,000-mile journey across the wilderness without her eldest son, and that with an invalid husband who needed constant attention? She struggled within herself.
1: Are you afraid to trust the God of Israel? The spirit whispered to her. Then one morning, as Drusilla was preparing to fix breakfast there on the Missouri River, the spirit spoke again. Drusilla, do you desire the greatest glory of heaven? Yes, Lord, she answered. Then how can you get it without making sacrifices? Lord, she said what lack I yet? Let your son go on the battalion, came the spirit's whispered reply. When the call came again for more men, Drusilla's oldest son, William, enlisted
0: at his mother's urging, but oh, it was too much for her. As he marched off, she sought seclusion, knelt down and told the Lord that if he wanted my child, she said, to take him, only spare his life and let him be restored to me.
1: End quote. In answer to that humble mother's request, the Spirit of the Lord said, quote, It shall be done unto you as it was unto Abraham when he offered Isaac on the altar. End quote. She kissed William, pushed him off, and stood watching until he was out of sight. Fifteen months later, William rejoined his family in the Salt Lake Valley. Ezra Allen, 29 years old, enlisted in the Mormon Battalion on July
0: 16, 1846, from near Mount Pisgah, Iowa. He signed on as a musician in Company C. He had been a fifer in the Nauvoo Legion. He left Sarah and two children and made the historic march to California. While he was gone, Sarah's struggles to survive tried her faith and refined her soul. All the while he was gone, she waited for her beloved's return. In July 1847, Ezra had now been discharged from the battalion in Los Angeles he joined others and headed home over the Sierra Nevadas. Up in the top of the mountains, his party met Captain James Brown, who had come from Salt Lake, delivered a message from President Brigham Young that there were no provisions in the valley to support them in the new settlement of Salt Lake, and that they should winter over in California and come on the following season. Obediently. Ezra turned back and passed the winter working for John Sutter. May 1st, 1848. Anxious to be home, Ezra and others set out to cross the mountains, but the snow was still too deep. They turned back. Meanwhile, Sarah began to eagerly anticipate the return of her husband. Quote, I looked forward to the time when his strong arms would lift these burdens of care from my shoulders, she said. I gathered grapes from the lowlands near the river and made preparations, making things I thought would please him. End of quote. Then she received word that a group of battalion men had reached the river, the Missouri River, and would cross in a few days in search of their families. She wanted to go to him, but she couldn't, so she waited anxiously, hanging on every footfall that sounded outside her
1: door. Then word came that three battalion men had been killed in the mountains of California by Indians. Her hopes were blasted in a moment, for she knew in her heart that one of them had to be her Ezra. And so it was. Ezra and two
0: others had been searching for a route over the mountains. June 27, 1848, they had made camp near a spring. There they were ambushed, attacked, brutally tortured, and killed. Ezra's fellow travelers found his body and that of his two companions later, buried them, and marked the site. They aptly named the place, the name that stands to this day, Tragedy Springs. When the word was confirmed that Ezra would not return, Sarah felt that she would sink under the burden of grief and anguish. What could I do now but trust in God? She wrote. I had no relative in the church, two small children, and the journey of a thousand miles before me. Then came a remarkable. An unexpected blessing. Ezra's battalion companions had discovered a gold pouch, a leather pouch full of gold, lying near his body
1: in the mountains of California. Knowing it was his, they picked it up and carried it 1,700 miles to his widow on the Missouri. As they handed it to her, Sarah saw the blood that stained the leather. Quote, It seemed to me, she said, the price of his life.
0: With those means, Sarah outfitted herself to make the journey west, arriving in the Salt Lake Valley September 14, 1852. Sarah Beriah Fisk Allen eventually remarried Joel Ricks and they settled in Cache Valley, Utah, where she faithfully served 10 years as one of the first Relief Society Presidents
1: in Logan. She is buried in the Logan City Cemetery. Today, we sing fervently, onward, ever onward, forward, pressing forward. Looking back at those in our past and all that they went through, how can we do otherwise?
0: Horace Alexander was among local toughs who delighted in harassing the Mormons in this small Indiana community as they held their church meetings. Then one day, he met one of their young women, 16-year-old Nancy Reader, and evidently he was taken not only with her but also with her religion, and soon he was taught the gospel and baptized. They were among those who lost everything when the saints were driven out of far west Missouri. They moved to Alton, Illinois, where Horace practiced carpentry. On April 6, 1841, Horace was called to be a carpenter on the Nauvoo Temple. They moved to Nauvoo and remained there until the temple was completed. The Alexanders were among the first to leave Nauvoo in the Great Exodus. At the Missouri, Horace heard the call for volunteers to join the army in the war again against Mexico, and he volunteered, leaving behind his pregnant wife and three daughters. On January the 1st, 1847, Nancy gave birth to a baby boy, but their shelter and bedding was not sufficient to keep the mother and child warm and dry. Nancy contracted pneumonia and became gravely ill. A young woman named Catherine Houston was asked by concerned family members to help Nancy. As Nancy grew weaker, she asked Catherine to promise her that she would care for her girls and get them to the Salt Lake Valley to meet their father. Catherine made the promise, and Nancy, sick, lonely, and dying, asked for her husband's riding boots. When Catherine fetched them, Nancy clutched them to her and wept. A short time later, she passed away and her and her infant son were buried in the cemetery at Winter Quarters, Nebraska. Family members immediately wrote a letter to Horace informing him of his beloved wife's death. That letter would reach him high up in the top of the Sierra Nevada mountains. In the summer of 1847 is when he got the letter. The following spring, Horace, now in Salt Lake, learned that his girls were on the trail westward bound for the Salt Lake Valley. Horace rode out and met them somewhere near the Sweetwater in Wyoming. Their reunion was joyous, and for the first time, Horace met Catherine, who had more than honored her promise to care for these girls, who by now she loved as her own. February fifteenth, eighteen forty-nine, Horace Alexander and Catherine Houston were married. True to her promise and beyond, Catherine became as a second mother to the daughters of Nancy Alexander. The sacrifices made by members of the battalion and the families they left behind is another part of our church history that needs to be remembered and needs to be remembered. Thank you for listening. Many of the stories you heard today have been published and are archived at glenrossenstories.com. If you would like more information, you can communicate with us there. We will be back again with another podcast next week.